Well, every time I have the privilege of standing in the pulpit, I am gripped with an unshakable feeling of inadequacy. There's surely no other task more daunting than to open up God's Word and strive to accurately communicate the truths of Scripture before an audience of people. Being up here in front of so many family members and friends, people that I have known growing up, and and some of you who I'm seeing now for the first time, I can't begin to express the the depth of inadequacy that I feel standing up here before you today to speak in remembrance of one of the most godliest people that I've ever had the privilege of knowing in my 27 years of life on this earth, and that is Mary Ruth Howerton. You may be interested to hear this story. It was 15 years ago that Mama Ruth, as I knew her, as my grandmother, told me how she wanted the day of her funeral to unfold. In the fall of 2006, I had the opportunity to interview my grandmother, Mama Ruth, for a confirmation program that I was going through with the United Methodist Church. I'm now a Baptist pastor, so uh, my ties to the United Methodist Church were uh, short-lived, but um, I was going through this program in the fall of 2006, and it's interesting at that particular point in the confirmation program I had the assignment of interviewing various Christian family members in order to hear about their spiritual journey and about how they wanted their lives to be remembered. And somehow or another, that part of the interview led us into a discussion about death. Can you imagine the scene? Here I am at 11 years old and talking about the things of the Lord with my grandmother. And I'll never forget what she told me that day. I'll never forget the gist of what Mama Ruth said in reference to her funeral, specifically within that context of talking about death. If I could just paraphrase for you today, Mama Ruth told me that she wanted her funeral to be a time of celebrating the life that God had allowed her to live, and for us, those in attendance at her funeral, to rejoice that her faith in Jesus Christ had been turned to sight. As Pastor Ryan said so wonderfully, Mama Ruth would have wanted this to be a time of worship and a time of remembering God's faithfulness through her life, ministry, and family and friendships. But in the final analysis, one of the greatest things that I take from that conversation back in 2006 and have never forgotten, hopefully will never forget for the rest of my life, is that Mama Ruth welcomed the day of her earthly death for this very reason. Mama Ruth knew that death was the doorway into resurrection life with her Lord and Savior. From Mama Ruth's perspective, death was not an adversary to fear, but an avenue to freedom from sin, suffering, and the hardships of life in a fallen world. She was well acquainted with the testimony from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.8. Many of you probably memorized this from a young age. To be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. That's where Mama Ruth is right now. She's not looking down from heaven at us. She's not in some intermediate state, hoping that someday she'll join her loved ones and all of the godly from all past generations in heaven. Right now, at this very moment, she is basking in the unsearchable glory and goodness of God, rejoicing with the holy angels and saints that have gone to be with their Lord from generations past. There's great hope in that reality this morning. But as I was preparing to speak at this funeral, I found out 
Monday that I'd have the opportunity to say a few words to you. It took me a while to really find out how I wanted to devote this uh, time slot to. What did I want to say in addressing those who would be present at this funeral? I knew that I would have only a limited amount of time to speak. And for those of you who grew up around me or uh, my parents or my wife could tell you guys, for those of y'all who who are just hearing me for the first time, I'm pretty long-winded. So, um, you know, 10, 15 minutes goes by pretty quick. How did I want to use this period of time to honor God and to honor Mama Ruth's legacy? Well, I had several questions that went through my mind. I I could have used this as just a a time to come up before you and say a bunch of sentimental stories and and, and try to pull on the emotional strings this morning. That that was surely an option that came to mind. I I could have come up here and knowing that I wouldn't be addressing an entirely Christian audience today, I could have given a sophisticated theological and philosophical defense for the truthfulness of Christianity and for the reality that Mama Ruth is in heaven right now with her Lord and Savior. I could have gone that route could have decided not to speak at all today and and fear that I may offend people in the audience who may not share my same worldview. There's a lot of different thoughts that came to my mind as I prepared for this opportunity. But after prayer and thinking through how this godly woman, my grandmother, Mama Ruth, would have wanted me to devote this time slot to it, It was quite obvious that I only had one choice. I had to come before you today and do exactly what we're doing up to this point. It was worshiping the Lord, leading you and beholding your creator. And ultimately, by God's grace, hopefully pointing you to the free gift of salvation that God grants to all who will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. That is my prayer that over the next few moments that I have up here before you, I can do, that I would point you to the living God, that your ultimate satisfaction can be found in him alone. Your ultimate purpose for existence can be satisfied through him alone, knowing him as father in heaven. And for those of you who do not know Christ, my prayer is that you would come to know him today through crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. I have a, just one passage of scripture to read, and I know we'll have another message from Brother Joe in just a few moments. But um, if you have your Bibles, I just encourage you to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, I'm going to read from verses 12 through 19, so if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. Uh, but if you have a copy of the Word of God with you, feel free to follow along. This is a passage that really gets to the heart and soul of what we're doing here today. Why does... Coming to a funeral ultimately matter. What what transcendent reality is associated with celebrating the sanctity and dignity of human life as we're doing here in remembrance of Mama Ruth? I think 1 Corinthians 15 verses 12 through 19 gives us some pretty good takeaways to consider together as family and friends. Starting in verse 12, the Apostle Paul writes this. He, He says, If Christ is preached... That he has been raised from the dead. How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain and your faith also in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised... 
Not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And as he concludes this section, if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. To understand what is being stated in this passage, it's important for us to first uh, grasp the historical and intertextual context before we can consider how it applies to our gathering here today. Historically speaking, this passage is contained in a letter written by the Apostle Paul. Paul was one of the earliest leaders that Jesus appointed to oversee the early development of Christianity after his bodily resurrection from the dead and ascension into the kingdom of heaven. And over the past 1950 years or so, the majority of historians date this letter to the 50s AD. And they recognize it that it was addressed to a real church with real people like you and me. uh, The church of Corinth, which is located in modern day Greece. Intertextually speaking, that's the historical background. Intertextually speaking, what's Paul saying here in context in this letter? We find that the purpose for Paul writing this letter was to address many theological and personal issues within the Corinthian church. As we just read together from that text in 1 Corinthians 15, one of the significant errors existing in the Corinthian church was the belief that there was no such thing as bodily resurrection. There's no such thing as real physical life after death. And Bible commentators and historians have long debated the cause for the Corinthians, uh, the Corinthians subscribing to this false belief. There's a lot of debate as to how they came to hear of this false belief. But in the final analysis from the text we just read, virtually all Christian commentators have arrived at the following conclusions. There's at least four consequences, four conclusions that we must arrive to if we handle the text of 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 19 on its own terms. Let me just give you a flyover of those consequences. They are of existential importance to us gathering here today. First consequence, in light of verses 13 and 14, if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, then the Christian faith is just a form of empty religious expression. Second consequence from this text, based on verse 15, if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, then Christians are false witnesses of God. Third consequence, as seen from verses 16 and 17, If Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, then Christians have not received any objective forgiveness of their sins. And lastly, consequence number four, in regard to verses 18 and 19, if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, and here's the big one, then Christians have wasted their life by believing in a lie. That is the existential reality that you and I need to come to grips with today. Insofar that Paul's argument is correct, if Christ has not been raised, then we're wasting our time here today. Because there is no hope for life after death. Stated differently, if Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, let me put it around for you the other way. If Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead then his followers will share an eternal resurrection life. 
There's really only two realities for us to come to grips with. In final analysis, we have to reconcile this. Either Jesus Christ was risen from the dead, and as a result, his followers, his people, dwell with him in eternity forever and ever. Or, as we hear from worldviews and philosophies such as materialism and Marxism, naturalism, all there really is is creation and matter and molecules and You know, it's good to gather at funerals, but there's really no transcendent meaning or purpose behind them. It's just something humans started doing at some point in history. That is the issue that we have to think of today. Why are we here? What is the point of all of this? If I could make it even more personal than I already have. Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead. Then Mama Ruth has ceased to exist And we will never see her again. Christ is not raised from the dead. All that is is a corpse, loss of consciousness, and there is no hope. That's what's at stake if Christ has not been raised from the dead. But my dear friends and family, there is hope. Because the Lord Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, and he is very much alive at this very moment, just as Mama Ruth is too. You see, after his resurrection from the dead, in fact, after having come into the world in the fullness of time, being born of the Virgin Mary, living a perfect life without sin, going to a Roman cross, dying on that cross, bearing the wrath of God on behalf of every sinner who would ever place their faith in him, and having spent three days in a tomb and being resurrected from the dead, after all of that that Christ accomplished in his perfect life and death, Jesus of Nazareth appeared to more than 500 witnesses before ascending into the kingdom of heaven. Paul states that just a few verses earlier in 1 Corinthians 15, which we just read together. I would encourage you to read that if you have time later today. So Jesus has been raised from the dead. This isn't just some subjective belief or some mystical truth that some people choose to believe, but it really doesn't matter if it happened in history. My friends, as real as you and I are here today, just that real, just that true is Jesus at the right hand of God the Father reigning and ruling as the sovereign and resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords. And one day, as testified in texts such as Philippians 2, 9-11, that Christ will come and judge the living and the dead. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. A question for you all today, and for myself as well. Is that your confession? Is that your belief? Are you eagerly awaiting to meet Christ? To see Him face to face? Do you long to experience earthly death so you can, as it were, be in the presence of Jesus? His work was accomplished in history. It was verified by hundreds of witnesses. And the testimony of church history for the past 2,000 years is millions and billions of lives that have been supernaturally transformed. And as a result of such, they go to be with their God and King 
when their earth comes to an end. And that is exactly what happened with Mama Ruth just a few days ago. She is with her God. She is with the holy angels. She is basking in the goodness and the glory of God. And I can promise you that if she could tell you what her greatest desire is for you and for me, it would be that all of her loved ones would someday join her in God's heavenly kingdom. That they, you, me, Mama Ru's friends and family, colleagues, that they would all come to know Jesus, believe in him, experience the living waters and satisfaction that he alone can provide for souls that long for purpose and meaning in a confusing world, in a difficult world to dwell. So my closing plea with you on behalf of Mama Ruth to fulfill exactly what she told me she wanted her funeral to be like some 15 years ago is this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, if there's any doubt in your mind that when you die, you do not know what is going to happen, come to Christ by faith and experience forgiveness of your sins. Receive inexpressible joy and fulfillment in your soul as you live out the rest of your life for the glory of God and for your creaturely good. Turn to Christ today and live. Thank you very much.